0: Howdy gang, back country and barbells. Thanks for listening. Joe Schmanach here. Jeremy Day on the other side of the conversation. Um, trying to provide you with a couple things to help you train, hunt, and live better lives. Hopefully we're hitting that mark. Uh, please let us know uh, through reviews, um, reaching out on Instagram, email, whatever. Uh, checking out the website. Um, what we need to do to make the show better so you can do those things. But uh, Jeremy, man, what's going on? How was, uh, how was your weekend, Hoss? it was
1: good it was a busy one you know at the soccer season and track season in full swing so or not track I guess it's cross country but um with Titus it was go 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 confirmation stuff it's like
0: how is uh how is the uh Saint Nick's cross country team you know I was uh I was the coach of that team once you know
1: yeah I know (laughs) no it's going good uh we went to the first meet yesterday because it's actually a nice day the other two days weren't too kosher. So Titus got out there and with all those kids, he just took off and the kid's a natural runner. Yeah. And I think I think he came in eighth, but he had a super side ache and he looked at me just before the race and he goes, "Dad, I got to pee really bad." And yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's not good." <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, so, timing's not great on that one, son. <laughs>
1: no, no. So it, it it's so much fun watching those kids though. Every one of them are so. You know, they take off down that finish line. I think they have to do a half a mile yeah, I forget. in second.
0: Yeah, I think they, um, they they do a cool job there because you have like, you have kindergarten and all the great, kindergarten all the way through what, uh, high school or eighth grade? I mean, how many? Eighth grade. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool setup and they have all the different loops. Do they still roll that, or are you still at the Mount Tahoma campus? Yes, exactly. And then they do the championships over at Bellarmine, which are pretty cool, Um, and, and Regardless of the location, it's cool to see the kids work and i my favorite part about the young kids is you know they they it is only a short run, but dang it if they don't know a thing about pacing They're just <laughs> it's just it's just to the wall from the gun <laughs> and then just slugging it through the finish line and then you can see that you know some kids have the stones to to keep that up and and whatnot but it's pretty cool, man.
1: Yeah, it is, and that's what made me proud about Titus is that, you know, at such a young age, these kids, you're scared they're just going to quit, look up at you, and just start and walk the finish line, right? Yeah. Even though Titus had that side ache, man, he, he pushed through it. He had the look of pain on his face and he ran as hard as he could all the way through the finish line. So it's fun when you get to see him do that.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah. Youth sports, very important. Uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the shamanic team, the, the blue whales, my daughter's little soccer team, her under six team, they kicked some butt and, uh, and, uh the DuPont spikes are three in one. I'm can, Let me tell you this. Let's talk ethics and sports. Um, I wasn't at the game that we lost. I wasn't at, so I'm counting us undefeated, right? I'm saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm saying we're three and zero, oh, you know. And and maybe it, it's my fault we weren't there. I get it, but I'm not even going to count that game. You know, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Um, you know, for all I heard, you know, I heard our I, I heard our kids were scared in the beginning, and I have a feeling that they were a little scared because you know, their their leader, their shield, their 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 Mo guy, the. The, the spike pole wasn't there, so uh, I'm gonna say actually that's what it was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm gonna say we're three. No, um, I'm not even gonna acknowledge that loss that I wasn't there at. But um, no, man, it's I love watching the kids go through stuff, and I have a couple little, even my own son aside. Um, just watching some other kids grow up. I have a, a younger young fella who's the youngest kid on the team just one of those kids that's, you know, I, I guess at this under nine group, you know, some kids are more mature than others, and Sometimes yeah. that's highlighted when you really have a case like that. And uh, this guy is um, – he's really come along. He used to cry at every practice. And um, I finally put him into a position where he, he started a game. I put him up front and I said, hey, man, don't worry about doing anything. But just – I put him in the maniac position. So I got a maniac position and that guy just uh, yeah. runs around <laughs> and chases cool. the ball. And I said, just get it. Just, just be annoying. Be a nat, Get the ball. And he did it. So – um, fell down a couple times. So it's cool to watch. I love, it's my favorite thing about coaching, even, even the kids age group um, that I'm at with that, that my son is in and being around middle school kids, just watching them, watching them kind of that light bulb go on, man. Um, it's, it's pretty fun.
1: No, I love it. Especially when they start working together as a team and they're looking at those, the strategy part of it, right. Instead of just maniac to the ball. They're That's right. actually starting to pass and looking up, you know, I'm not focusing on the ball. Yeah. Uh, coaching basketball so many years and uh, it's the same thing. You watch the kids progress from like zero talent to actually working together as a unit and um, getting some athleticism because we all have it in us. A little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, and- some more than
1: others, right? But
0: well yeah, and I mean that's apparent, but I think the earlier you start to do stuff, um you can you can yeah that that's a really interesting question. You know, is it talent? Is it work ethic? Is it this and that? I mean, I think you're yeah. we're all granted with certain gifts. Um but I think the earlier you also start to work on stuff, you you can really develop and refine certain things. I mean, even you know, it's interesting watching my two kids develop because Charlie's taken a real specialized uh, route because she's fallen into this gymnastics situation um you know and she's you know she even right now she's got two 4-hour gymnastics practices a week on top of a soccer practice and um we're trying to sneak in some team and outdoor sports so she can get some of that stuff in but you know my son Mason he's just pretty much playing a lot of different things and i can remember his very first soccer season just kind of cling to my leg and even in that cross country <laughs> season, being one of the guys who's walking back because he kind of burned out and was, you know, just you know, too gas and but, but he's really grown up, man, and it's it's cool to watch and you know he's out there uh, mixing it up with the guys and in fact, uh, two of these you know, the one game he made he missed the save because when the guy came at him he kind of backed up to make the save, um, and I told him I was like, hey man, you know. When it's you one on one with a shot, you know the the more you come at the guy, the, the smaller that that net gets. You know sometimes you gotta when when your brain says step back, you gotta force it to kind of push forward, and it, that that's a hard thing to do. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, this game we put him back in goalie for a short stint, and he made two great staves attacking attacking the uh, attacker. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's awesome. And then then at one point it was cool. One part I got it on tape. He uh he made the save caught the ball and then he he's pointing at his players go you go here and then he he slams the ball on the ground and kicks it to him like he looked like he was you know he was commanding commanding the field a little bit so um you know being a true goalkeeper huh yeah it was neat so it's really cool to watch that stuff happen and um and and to be honest that's why i that's what i also think is a cool part about uh this hunting situation and even me getting into jujitsu late like having that challenge to to go through that growth a little bit myself and to kind of be a little bit more conscious of it as a you know, late thirties guy is is really interesting to be conscious of the progress. Cause you know, you're watching Titus and Mason, they're just playing. You know what I mean? Right. They, they don't know they're developing. You know, so it's cool to be aware of things. And I think um I think, you know, to kind of go on this live and maybe training aspect of things off the beginning. I think you know, picking up new things is is super important, and i don't I don't think there's ever a reason, including I'm getting older to stop trying new stuff. There's so much value in it,
1: I agree, and you know people can make excuses as they get older and oh, I can't do that, and they can't i mean you know the only difference is is your mind, right? You're just trying to talk yourself out of it because maybe it's work and sure. you're not used to having to do that hard work and um but we can all do it i mean. I read a book on um Geronimo and they said in his sixties or seventies he was running up mountains every single day and that's what made him such a mighty warrior until I mean the guy lived forever right so you can do it I mean anybody can do it
0: well it's fun just
1: tapping into that will
0: but you bring up you bring up this um this aging thing there's a there's actually a pretty neat con, um podcast um this gentleman um this gentleman, David Sinclair, was on Rogan's podcast talking about aging and the idea that they want to begin to attack it from a, a from a disease perspective. And you know why not, right? Like, the, and di- <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to do it. And there's different biases, you know, in the medical profession based on age, and 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 it goes both ways. You know, a young guy might come up there with a banged up knee, and the doc says, No, 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 we're not going to do that. You're young, train it out. But then. An old guy comes in there and like, nah, well you're old, you know, let's cut you up. You know what I mean? So there there's there's funny there's funny there's funny things that go along with aging, but um even this guy who's a, a Harvard doctor, this David Sinclair fellow, there's a cool book I'm thinking of getting. Haven't read it, but you know, he just talks about, you know, medicine and this aside, there's there's lifestyle things you can do to you know and and a lot of it revolves around probably what all of us know, like try new things, you know, weight lift a little bit, you know, make sure you're doing some cardio enough where you're you're pushing yourself, but you know you you can do certain things to stave it off, but a lot of it begins with that mindset of just, yeah, man, I did it once i I can continue to do this, we don't need to we don't need to put ourselves in prison just because we've completed another rotation, so um I think that's super important.
1: Yeah, I agree. So. There's a guy in our, uh, you know, Tim, the Rev, in our hunting party. Uh, yeah. 52. He's got a, what's that? Well,
0: that's what, I mean, Tim, I mean, he might be moving a little slower, but, you know, 52 years old and he's still. 60. Oh, yeah, yeah is that what he said? 61, I think, right? Yeah, Why he's 60
1: years old, yeah. yeah but he's I mean, got a mentor that he, that's the guy I think is 77 hmm. and he's still a do-it-yourself mule deer hunter that he backpacks
0: in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's rad. There's no reason not to. Even um, you know, another- and he said the trick is sixty push-ups a day. Is what the guy tells
1: Tim. So Tim does sixty push-ups a day.
0: Okay, there it is. Get your push- not
1: not in, You know, you don't have to do sixty at once. He just says you just randomly do it. Maybe a day a day you just feel like doing it six times, ten reps, or three at twenty, or two at thirty,
0: or you just bang them all out because you're feeling good. Well, that goes along just with that same conversation that we had last week about the 12 pull-ups you know yeah the more i do that i've been taking it serious i you know in fact, <laughs> every time i go under that gate i kind of look around and make sure someone sees me do it now <laughs> And I, I went. I went, And I talk. I talked to like four people about it. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do three pull ups every time I go under that gate. They're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, do the math. And then they're like, math on what? I'm like, if I do it every day of the school year, that's two thousand one hundred and sixty pull ups. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, it takes me twenty seconds. You know. To, to, you know. And and uh, looking at me, I'm like, I'm. Like, and I tell them like, even if you can't do, even if you can't do uh pull ups, why don't you just do a squat or something under there? You know what I mean? Or or jump over the gate. <laughs> they're like, okay, man, we'll see, you know, whatever. But um
1: Yeah, they're thinking about it at home, though they're like, man, that's actually a great idea. Maybe or something. <laughs>
0: you know, but even this sixty push up idea, like, you know, you can uh do what you can when you can, however you can do it. Um, you know, and you can um be as extensive as having a garage set up um like mine or you know, I know I was talking to a buddy whose wife's a powerlifter. They spent eight grand on like a big powerlifting setup for her. So it could be super pro, just like a meet. But, you know, even your setup, Jeremy, where you got a, you got a couple tidbits in your office, you know, just to. Yeah, I think sometimes people have this idea that they have to build the perfect training session. You know, 45 minutes. I need to get back by and tries in. I need to stretch. I need to warm up properly. No, you don't. You can get your 60 push ups in however you can. And if you're doing that, it's so much better than, than not, you know, even, even yesterday when I was working at the Sounders game, you know, I had to do a couple errands and every time someone said, Hey, we need someone to go do this. I would be, I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) I'll take steps in. Yeah. I'll (laughs) take a walk. And then when I would walk, I, I would walk and rather than take the elevator at Century Link, I would walk the ramp and, you know, I probably got an extra two miles in doing that and. Do what you can, when you can, however you can do it, and just do it without thought. Do it now, and and do it the best you can, and it'll add up.
1: Absolutely, and you'll build more endurance. I've been doing, ever since our conversation last week, too, 20 uh, burpees a day. Fired up? I took yesterday off,
0: though. <laughs> well, that means today you should do 40, mm-hmm. sir. Yeah. Sure. yeah. But just you know, I, I figured the good Sunday is my day of rest. Yeah, we'll put and that, that that's good too. And I, and well, and that's the other thing like even uh, going on to the aging situation, um the Sinclair fella did mention in the conversation that rest is as important and even not even just resting in terms of um uh, rest in the sense that we need to limit stress while we rest. And then also this idea that even resting uh, diet-wise, you know, this idea of intermittent fasting and there's different fasting approaches, whether it's 15 or 18 hours, or, or even do multiple days rest. But this this, this sensation of being hungry is important because when you are hungry, um, there are certain triggers that uh, that are kind of um, turn on some anti aging mojo in us or enzymes or or whatever it is. But it it's a, it's a worthy conversation. Um, uh, the guy's pretty smart um, and and. Uh, the Rogan generally does a pretty good good idea of uh, pulling decent information out of a guy like that um, to make it pretty actionable. But you know, i i i think it's i think it's a cool conversation. You know, uh, do what you can when you can. And um, just to go back to the idea of trying new things, I just think if you can apply that thought once you start doing stuff, and without thought, to just also this there's a reluctance I think to trying new stuff because we're not good at it. But I think that not being mm-hmm. good at it is the reason to try it. And I think there's a lot to, to be able to experience in the growth of that. so
1: I 100% agree, man.
0: So what's the new thing you're gonna try? You got you gotta we gotta challenge you. you gotta you gotta pick something up. No, oh, the new thing that I'm gonna try. I know you picked up an old habit. you're back on the skateboard, which I think is I really, did I, I think is I happened. did,
1: man. and that's that's been so much fun. And kind of going back to the, you know, as you get older, and, and you think it's going to be harder. I got out there, Joe, and I'm not joking you. I had more clarity than I ever had skateboarding as far as oh, pick, getting my tricks back. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because I've changed my uh, workout plan and it's just more effective and I have all the muscles built for carving around and doing tricks out there. But I mean, it was it was like my, I was
0: 17, 16 again. You're just the older, you're just the older, better version of yourself. You know. That's it, man. And who knows? And
1: everybody could tap into it. <laughs>
0: oh, very cool. What's it like? <laughs> Are there other kids out there watching you? I mean, do, do kiddos come up to you and like, "Hey, man, you're what's up?" I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. That, here, the one one time, this is a funny story. I, I, and you can tell me if I told this story before, but it was Mother's Day, and it was about four years ago. And these two, these three guys were on kids with their skateboards. And when I say kids, I think they were probably 18 or 20. And they were just kind of hackling people as they go by. Hey, you want to try this? And they were doing it to the older people. And I think at the time I was like 44. So it was probably two or three years ago. So anyway, they go, hey, you want to try it? And they're kind of giggling, right? And so I grab the skateboard and I take off running. And I'm with my wife and my mother-in-law. And I jump on it and I go down the hill and I do a kickflip and I land it. And then I did an ollie 180 and landed it and a fakie ollie and landed it. And then I ran up the hill with the skateboard and then tried an inward varial hill flip. And these kids, they were like, they, didn't, they were speechless. <laughs> Because I just, they said, man, you just blew our minds. Because they were this, they thought that this old guy was gonna get on a skateboard and just eat shit. And here I am, you know, doing tricks, and you know, and it, it was just too funny, man. Well, no,
0: that's cool. I mean, you, you you surprise yourself, you surprise others, you know. You're active, you're getting. And but that's one thing you never. I I mean, generally, <clears> unless <throat> it's like Tony Hawk or something, you don't see many um, fellas your age on it. And I think that goes to this idea of. You know age is just a number man. Why not get yeah. after it, you know? So
1: Well, and it's fun at the skateboard park too cuz there's an older guy doing tricks. I can mentor other ones and um, there's a, you know, lots of kids out there they're trying tricks and I just say, "Hey, do this, do that. You got to commit, you know." And then they land the trick and they go, "Man, I've been trying that trick forever." And so I really get a kick out of that just because watching these kids land that trick and just look at me like, "Oh my gosh." And then just mentoring my daughter too i mean there's nothing in better than that
0: yeah and you know time with kids you know and, and that's the other thing i mean doing what you can to stay off <laughs> aging i think is ridiculously important just from that aspect of being able to do more with your family you know you bring up the kids yeah. and doing stuff with them it, it's a lot better to do it with them than it is to watch them i'd rather be <laughs> exactly. i'd rather be in the mix you know you know even, yeah me too even coaching them you know when i'm coaching i'm up and down the field, hollering at him. I mean, it's as exo- my Mason comes up, he's like, "Dad, stop! You, you're. I don't know if you're mad or happy or you're just you're you're busy on the sideline. Just don't you just watch the game? I'm like, I'm in the game, man. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good time, dude. It's just um, yeah, I'd rather be is, engaged so- in it than not. But uh, you know, uh, to to kind of keep this going and and get into the the species and. The hunting we wanted to get into today um you were saying uh you were saying this time of year um generally you take part in uh a bird hunt and it's been a it's been a bit since you've done that but you're you're looking to get back into it
1: yeah yeah so every year um michelle's family they they go over to the Owyhees over in oregon and they chucker hunt the first week of um october the it's so the opening week. It's usually the first Saturday of October is the opening week for bird hunting over there. So, yeah, we head over there and um, get into some steep, steep, rocky, cliffy terrain and um, chase chuckers around. Yeah, well, let's and, um
0: let before we talk about the terrain, which is you know what I can gather is high and dry, and uh, yeah, seems like you better have a good set of lungs if you're going to chase these birds around. Um, but. The bird itself is a it's a pretty bird, and I guess it's in it's a, I guess it's in between, like um, it seems like it's that step up between what did you say like a like a almost a quail yeah, a quail or you know like your back east if you're listening like a pigeon and a grouse it seems like it's right in between that
1: it is it's right in between they're just, and you're right they are beautiful birds no yeah and they got they're mind. some of they're the funnest hardest bird to hunt out there.
0: They got a mask, um, they got a gray, some cool coloration on the wings. Um, you know, and I got a couple of little facts here. I don't know if you know this. They're actually, uh, they're brought over here from Asia, Jeremy. They're, oh. they're, they're not a native species. Um, but, and it's just like you said, they are, they're a tricky bird to get. And I guess you said something to me like they, they run down, they run, they, they I don't, you can go back on that spot, but I guess they do a lot of work on the ground. I got a thing here that says they'll often, they'll often, uh, get about a 100-yard sprint before they'll take off. So uh, um, from your yeah. aspect, I mean, just of what what behaviors have you noticed from this bird that might distinguish it from others?
1: Um. Yeah, well, the main thing is, like you're saying, um, the damn things fly straight downhill, I mean, quick, and then what they'll do is then they'll kind of do a loop, and then they'll land on the side hill, and then they run back uphill. So they basically fly downhill and then run uphill. So when you flush them... If if they're in front of you, it's a it's a real tough wing shot because you have to flow with them super duper fast. And usually, you know, one leg is sixteen to eighteen inches higher than the other leg, so a lot of times you get your shots are off balance. But um, but yeah, they're they're super challenging. And the main thing is they just how fast they fly because what they do, they'll just start they'll just start heading down and then they'll just lock their wings. And I mean. It's pretty amazing. It's a no, lot of fun. It sounds fun.
0: Now, now is this a bird that I, I haven't done any bird hunting? Um, I went out for grouse a few times with a buddy in Vermont, but it was cold and didn't get into any. And then, to be honest, my experience with with grouse is really they just scare the shit out of me when I'm looking for elk. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa, you know. I mean, I've jumped a couple and 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 they're gone. You know, um, when you get into these these chucker, are they are they solitary birds? Do you get into them in groups? I mean,
1: cubbies. Like, they're always in a cubby.
0: Okay, how big's a cubby? So, like, uh,
1: so the cubby could go from four to thirty. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, there. I mean, it's pretty amazing how big these cubbies can get. Uh, they're they're in bigger cubby cubbies naturally in the opening couple three or four days, and then they kind of go into smaller. And interesting enough about Chucker. It's the only bird that I know of and that I hunt that you can call.
0: Oh, really? How do you call it? Yep. Do
1: you have a call? Is so it... they have a little call and you put it in your hand and you just you, you kind of smack it like you're smacking like you're clapping and you hit this thing and it it just goes chick 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 because that's the noise they make. Very cool. And then you can hear them up on the hillsides and they'll start going. So you can go down if you're in the bottom of the canyon and you can just sit there and chick 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 now, and call it, them
0: is it like turkey where you can call and you you can actually move them to you or is it more kind of like you make the call just to locate them
1: i just do the locate cuz with the dog i just you know then we can get up there my old springer angel she was a phenomenal bird dog and she would hear that chucker sound man and she would just come and look at me like let's go <laughs> she was wild. Well, i mean she she knew that sound very very well and she would make me run up the top of that hill
0: oh very cool and and before yeah. we get into the tactics because you're bringing the dog up i just would um they, yeah they, they, i'm looking at a picture they seem awesome and it seems like just even their habitat you know they're pretty much out here west so you guys in the east who haven't been able to experience these you, you're you're not going to um, yeah, have, <laughs> you have to come yeah. out here they're they're not coastal i mean like i said they're they're going to be high and they're going to be in high dry places but um What's the what's the flavor? I mean, uh, I imagine it you – know, does it taste like chicken? I mean, um, w- what does the bird taste like once you get them on the ground?
1: Yeah, you know, they've got a – they're pretty wild, gamey-tasting. Uh, Michelle, my wife, does a, a stew. It's called pheasant stew, but we call it
0: – Chucker stew? Chucker
1: stew here at the house. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, it is I, – I, I love the chucker. So it takes – to feed a family of five, you probably got to get about th- three of them. Two or three to throw it into the stew. Okay. Where versus quail, you'd have to get like eight or ten. Okay. And then one or two pheasant. But it's um it's super duper tasty. I've never barbecued them. Okay. Which I should probably try. Because usually you just get them, you breast them out, and then you just cut those breasts up. And, you know, they're not gigantic.
0: So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, game meat's interesting. Like, I'm trying – like, even this weekend, I sent you guys a couple pictures where – you know, we had a couple people over, and you know, you know, not having a full freezer, I like to look for opportunities like that to introduce people to it. So I pulled out, I pulled out um, one of the uh, bone-in roasts I still had from your blacktail, and you know, I slow roasted it, and I showed everyone how vers- I I did three different preparations with that one meat, and you know, I, I think that's another thing that just. You know, it'd be cool for everybody. Everyone's probably got a deer recipe or something they do, or like you said, your wife does the chucker stew, but, you know, why not try anything else, you know what I mean, with it? I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, so how how do you think, you know, outside of the stew, you think you just would smoke the breasts, or um, would you just kind of throw it on the barbecue and and kind of just go that barbecue-style chicken?
1: You know, I might smoke the breasts, but as I'm sitting here thinking, I'd probably throw... A wrap of bacon around it would probably taste really
0: good. Yeah. Well, bacon makes everything delicious. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. I'll tell you, so. th- those poppers I did, rather than put the bacon around the popper, I've started doing it where I, I'll i split the jalapeno. And what I did is I fried the bacon up. Then I cut it up real small, kind of like bacon bit. And then I put that bacon right in the cream cheese with some sriracha. And, Ooh. and I did a really thin schmear. And then I piled a bunch of that shredded... um shredded deer on top and it was good and then i even put a little touch of apricot jam on there and um those poppers were a hit sir uh little, <laughs> i bet man little, you're
1: like a chef by our joe over there
0: no i like to I, the cooking aspect's really fun you know what i mean um yeah and uh I, I think it can be a lot of fun and i think even you know i would it'd be cool when, when you get when you get your chuckers um, I'd like to see uh, what you and Michelle do outside of that stew, but um, what are some of the yeah. other ingredients you throw in that stew besides the chucker?
1: Oh man, it's been a while because I haven't hunted chucker for quite some years now, um, just because of life and
0: sure. direction
1: and where we live now. So um, it's just a lot of vegetables. Um,
0: I think there's
1: potatoes in
0: it. They, you know, there's a lot
1: in there, and I can't remember. Offhand, to be honest with you.
0: I have a, I mean, I'll have a soup go-to where I just kind of, you know, your your Ameriquois, I guess you call it, so celery, onions, carrot. Um, I'll fry those up, and then I'll um, deglaze with some either white or red wine, depending on where I'm going to go, and then after that, it's either, depending on the wine I use, it'll either be tomato-based sauce or some kind of, like, stock, like your, you know, your thicker white, creamier style stew but um no man um i'm hungry i <laughs> know <laughs> I'm, so, I'm getting there too but um but yeah this food can take you down there but um yeah so um we did bring up uh tactics a bit ago as you were talking into the dog and you brought up a couple of things uh you know you got your spaniels out there and then um you talked about wing shot so I, i'd imagine one of the methods is the bird, the dog's gonna go out and kind of root them out, but then you have to be uh, accurate enough because it is not a big bird. Um, you got to shoot no. it in the right spot. So it's a it's a wing shot. You're actually gonna plug it. Um, you're gonna hit it in the wings while it's in the air.
1: No, the wing shot. I mean, is this like it's it's flying left to right, so it's giving you the a view of the wing. Okay. Right. So then it's going from so basically you're you're right to left or you're left to right. So, um, but when they're doing that, they're, they're, you have to lead your shot sometimes, depending on how deep it is, 18, 20 inches. So, um, Mm. and then you have your going away shot, which is, you know, you're shooting them kind of at the tail and then the head shot, which is the hardest thing to do with birds, which you wouldn't think would be, but, um, well, it's a small target. It is a small target. And for some reason, when birds are flying at you, it's like a knuckleball. I'm not shitting you. It's (laughs) the birds coming at you and I mean, I've missed – most of the times I miss a bird is when they're flying towards me or they're going straight up towards me. Mm. It's because you – it's just a weird shot. I can't explain it. But well, imagine you're but,
0: uh, almost probably thinking more. I mean, I can – That's I, it. Not, not being a guy who spent a lot of time shooting, moving targets, but I can imagine when it's not moving a lot right to left and it's coming right at you, you're kind of in like a – what the hell, you know, like almost like a deer in headlights and you're thinking of it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, one year me and my brother-in-law, um, Tony, who's my kind of my chucker hunting partner, we were up and we got up on this bluff, man, and it was, uh, it, we climbed, I, it had to have been 2,000 feet. And we get up there and we're we're tuckered out and then Angel flushes this covey. But she looped around the backside of him, so she caught wind of him and, and came around. Anyway, she flushes him towards Tony and I. And we unload. I mean, with six rounds, we hit one bird, <laughs> awesome. and there was like sixteen birds, man. Mm. I mean, it was just, and, and that could be it too. You, you know, you're supposed to identify one target, shoot it, go to the next target, shoot it. But when you have a covey pop up like that, you're looking at seven of them that you want to shoot.
0: And what are you? What are you shooting? Are you shooting um 22? Is it like a shotgun? Shotgun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I use a
1: 12-gauge. My brother-in-law uses a 20-gauge. My son uses a 20-gauge. Then I'll do – what I typically do is um, I'll do a a 7.5 shot for my first load, and then I go to pheasant loads right after that, a Mm. 4-shot. Because the pheasant loads will get out there a little further.
0: Yeah, so why even put the other one in? Just because you think it will be closer and you're trying to get – Close-range shot, yeah.
1: Because I've trained my dogs to stay within 20 yards. So most of the birds that get flushed are within 20 or 30 yards. Mm. And so with a small bird like this and you have a pheasant load in there and it gets up at 20 yards, you're not going to have any meat.
0: I'd imagine uh, this style of hunting is a bit like deep sea fishing where you're just, you're waiting, waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, we're in it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the most exciting things to hunt really as far as birds and, and so it's super duper steep terrain and it's rocky cliffs. I mean, there's been times where I've had to put my gun up above me, grab my dog. She ran up. She sits on a ledge, waits for me. I rock climb up, kind of like how you and I were um, hunting <laughs> elk. Yes. And then I'll get up to another spot and then throw my dog up there. Because sometimes you get to a cliff area. Um, and it it's sketchy and a lot of guys lose their dogs because, um, as they approach cliffs and the chuckers, what they'll do is they'll run over to the cliff and then they'll jump off and because they're flying downhill, dogs will run off cliffs. So I've always trained my dogs to heal as we get close to any kind of cliff. So I make them heal so they don't jump off. Cause there's been a lot of dogs killed and a lot of wounded. So it's, it's pretty dangerous, man. Cause it, it's steep country.
0: Yeah, I mean even you know, uh, as I'm pulling through a resource it does have a couple couple pages on Chucker. You know, there you see this dog with a chucker in its mouth, you know, over this cliffside. It's a dog just like yours. Um the and what's that a, a English Springer Spaniel? Yeah. Um but you know, it the, to go on the terrain, the habitat is it's it's rough stuff. It's it's that rocky hillside kinda open deserty stuff i mean uh that's exactly what it is they you, love the high sagebrush you need to be um you need to probably have your wits about you i mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough day especially if you're if you're following an excited dog like yours i mean you better you better be ready <laughs> to, yeah. to, to move there um which i think is well and the
1: one the big thing about Chucker as far as the tactics is you know i'll climb up and down zigzag the hill until i find him or if you hear him you know, you call them and hear them, and you look at what elevation they are. Mm-hmm. Typically, they all run the same elevation within that kind of drainage. So, like a bench, so they'll they're, all be on
0: the same level, Well, they'll level, be at I
1: 2,600 guess. feet. Gotcha. For whatever reason, they'll be at 2,600 feet. And then maybe one year, they'll be at 2,000 feet. And then the next year, they'll be at 3,400. And sometimes, they're, you know, they're up on the flats. So, you got to climb the hills, get up on the flats, and that's where they're
0: at. And And it seems like where they are is is pretty dry sparse area so i'd imagine there have to be moments where they are going to target water and if there's not a lot of water you have to find that limited water source is there an opportunity with these birds to just kind of sit on that water source in a particular area
1: oh yeah i mean that's it's a that's a great strategy first thing in the morning that's where they're at yeah we usually wait and, and what's nice about chucker hunting is you don't have to get up. Uh, we we get out there and start rolling around 9 o'clock. Okay. And so, and, and then you let them get up out of the water. Because a lot of time the water is down in the real stupor steep cliffs and drainages. So you let them get up and kind of group up. And then, you, then we hunt them. And then at night you kind of set yourself up to where you intercept them from going from wherever they're feeding down to the water. Because the water sources are pretty limited
0: yeah i like it it seems like it seems like a pretty bird it seems like it's a fun hunt it seems like you're out there with your dog and kind of letting a couple rounds fly the only thing i'm um let me ask you this uh how big are the hunting parties you've been in because i'd imagine when you bust these coveys you know muzzle control has to be something that's discussed do you guys implement like particular rules about who shoots when or the direction we're shooting because uh you know Things can get interesting when you got, yeah. you know, tired guys, bunch of guys, and, and and guns flying around.
1: Yeah, well, what we typically do is spread out sixty to a hundred yards. Um, like if we were going to hunt a canyon, yeah, you got the guys that start on the bottom and then the guys that go up to the top, and then there's all the guys in the middle, and then you kind of you go, uh, how would it be like in a wing formation? So the guy at the very top would be the leader, and if you were to look straight down. How do I explain this? If you look straight down the, the hill, everybody's to your right, so they're all feathering backwards. So when the bird flies, it's going to come down, loop around towards the other hunters. So sometimes the guy up top will flush a covey, and then you'll hear shots, and then you'll hear another set of shots, and then another set of shots. <laughs>
0: uh, and hopefully so. a guy at the bottom goes, got him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, one time. So what they'll do when you when – you, when they're on the wing and you're you're trying to shoot them, even when they're heading away, you'll hit them and you'll kill them, but they'll lock their wings and they just keep flying. They'll just keep going down the hill. Oh, like a hang glider. Yeah. So one year with Angel, I think she was two years old or three years old and we were hunting all day and I kept missing bird after bird after bird. And I finally hit this bird and that damn thing locks its wings up, goes all the way down to the bottom. And I tell her to, you know, uh, fetch it up and she goes down there and she grabs it and then she comes up about 60 feet and she's like 300 yards 400 yards straight downhill from me and she just sits (laughs) and looks at me with that bird in her mouth you and I go come and she just stood there she just sat there and I was so pissed I had to go down that mountain and I got there and she hands me the bird, and she just takes off and starts hunting again. I'm like, just in spite of missing all those birds all day long, she had to do that to me. Yeah, yeah. Is there a it fun thing fun. hunting
0: with a, with a dog like that, where you are missing? Uh-huh. Does the dog ever go like, "Hey man,"? They give you that look, like hit one. Oh,
1: dude, all the time. It's like with her, you know, if when we would hunt, if she was hunting below me and flush the dogs, I had a harder time hitting them. Sure. And she would just look at me like. Really?
0: I sent you one.
1: <laughs> I, I I flushed. I got the whole cub yet. So she learned was to stay above me, and so she would always hunt above me, twenty to thirty yards, and I'd let her get out a little further. Sometimes forty, because the she would flush them and they'd fly right down by me. But um, I man, there is nothing funner than hunting with a dog. Well, I'll tell you, uh, in my opinion, I mean it's it it is it is it's so rewarding to watch your dog and how excited they are and. And those damn things will go, I mean, there, there's been a lot of dogs that have killed themselves because they just go until they're exhausted and, you know, you got to really watch them. Mm. Well,
0: it, it seems like great fun. It seems like it's a, quite a challenge. I came across one statement in this little reference that says the, the first time you hunt chucker is for fun and every mm. time after that is for revenge. I guess... <laughs> <laughs> it's truth, I man. guess it's a it's a it's a cool experience, man. It seems like it would be um it seems like it would be a fun new hunt uh for, for some guys out there to, to give a go. It's a species, um it's a species I've never heard of, to be honest with you. Um until you've you've brought it up a few times and um to spend a little bit of time talking about it today uh it was cool, man. It it seems like it's it seems like you know, even turkey hunting this year, like there's a there's a relaxed nature to Bird, you know, even turkey hunting, like you know, you want to get a turkey down, but you know, it seems like turkey camps is just a lot more loose than elk camp. You know what I mean? It seems yeah. like it seems like bird hunting in general is that. Now, is are there factions of bird hunters that are dead serious about it in the same way that guys will, you know, the way the way that I'm approaching and looking at, you know, big game?
1: Oh, dude, yeah, it can get it can get pretty intense. I mean, a lot of guys, there's some guys, you know, they'll show up and they're three hundred thousand dollar trailers and hmm. you know eight thousand dollar shotguns and they get their chaps and I mean they're all decked out and they're just like we're here for business
0: okay all right but well, well like you that, know like that quote said my first time will probably be for fun then after' that, I'll <laughs> worry about the revenge and the, then <laughs> worry about so the, the, the gear the, the gear and that but I'll tell you what and, I and I their understand. noise
1: their noise is funny because when, so they'll fly downhill, and when they land, they'll start talking to bring all the other birds in there. And it seriously sounds like they're laughing at you because it is
0: a chick, chick, chick,
1: chick, chick, <laughs> And when they're all going, it just is like, oh, you little bastards.
0: You no know, I imagine where you are. I mean, these dry canyons that probably carries a lot too. So that noise probably, I mean, you could probably hear them from a good bit away once they start popping off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, give it a go, folks. I mean, if especially you have to come out here west, um, it seems like they're in most of the western states. I mean, as I'm looking at the map, you know, Washington, Oregon, uh, California, even they'll go they'll go a little east of us. Um, but uh, you know, check it out, fellas, uh, ladies, um, you know. And then it seems like a fun time. And I'll tell you what, man it's a it's a pretty bird. Look them up. Um, I'll try and say the the there's a name before chucker the actual scientific name it's like uh, a Taurus chucker so um give it a look it's a pretty bird um and like jeremy said if you get 3 of them you can put them in a good stew um but uh um, it, it's it's a bird to try it's a bird to go no, after it's, a, it's, it's, it's to do. well worth it well, very cool, man. Um, well, sweet, Jeremy. Are, so are there thoughts on you getting out there this year? Um, will you be able to get after him this year, or is this something that you're just kind of uh, kicking around to hopefully get into in, in the near future?
1: Well, my hope is um, in November, the middle of November, you know, that week of the 10th, I'm going to hopefully get out and go meet my sons over at Boise State University. So we'll fly over there Maybe even drive, grab him, and then we'll go um, go hunt for three to five days with my friend Mr. Brian
0: Adams. Okay, so let him know that I'm holding this koozie. <laughs> yeah, I will. Let, let him know I got his koozie, and what a great time, man! Have have a good time with Joey out there, and keep us posted on, man. It'd be cool to see um, be cool to see your dogs and um, your son in action um, going after him. But this is a cool chat, man. I appreciate you sharing it with me. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. That was a good time. Cool, folks. I'm all if, fired up on it. Yeah,
0: if you guys got questions about Chucker, uh, let us know. Uh, we can set you up. And maybe maybe you're a seasoned Chucker hunter, and um, there's a couple things you could add to the conversation. Don't be afraid to do that. We'd be happy to shout you out and um, get your tactic or tip um, on the show so we can either uh, confirm or deny uh, your said tactic, and we'll go from there. But uh, no, great fun, guys. However you're doing it, make sure you're trying something new and make sure you're doing all you can to train hunt and live the best life possible jeremy day this was a fun chat any final thoughts before we send it off into the oblivion
1: well i would like to say god bless
0: america there it is god bless it folks and uh, god bless you and uh thanks for listening